This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. Welcome to the Nakuda podcast. This is Shai Gutman. We'll be discussing uh, Parshas Kiseitze, particularly the uh, mitzvah of Shiluch HaKen, a well-known mitzvah that is uh, notable for several very interesting things. Um, Of course, we're talking about the mitzvah to send away the mother bird um, in order to take the, uh, the children or the eggs um, and this mitzvah has gotten a lot of attention regarding what it's supposed to accomplish, why it's necessary. A few of the um, particulars of the mitzvah are that it has to be a kosher bird, it has to be something you happened, uh, it's not, not supposed to be like domesticated or in, on your own property, it's supposed to be something you find in the wild. And um, as long as the mother bird is there, Actually, sitting or on the on on the children, pretty much, um, it has to be sh- uh, sent away. But if it's not actually, if it's just hovering nearby, or if it's not actually touching, um, then it doesn't have to be sent away, and you can take the eggs without that. And it's notable for being um, uh, one of the few mitzvahs where the reward for the mitzvah is specified in the Torah itself, uh, being arichas yomim which is in this world and the next, um, which is the only, the main other mitzvah that this is uh, specified for is the mitzvah Kibbut Avu Eim. And it's noted in Chazal that uh, the mitzvah of, of um, Shliach HaKen is one of the easiest mitzvahs to perform. It doesn't cost any money, and it's, uh, it's, it's a very simple mitzvah as opposed to Kibbut Avu Eim, which is one of the most expensive and most difficult misses to perform, and yet they both have the same um, the same reward. So it's an interesting aspect of uh, this particular mitzvah, um, and it's also notable for having gotten a lot of res- uh, attention as to the reason for the mitzvah. And indeed, if mitzvahs have reasons at all, or if they have any kind of what what is the idea, the entire idea of a reason for a mitzvah, if there's any way that we can rationalize it, because it's said specifically about this mitzvah that it's it's a mistake to think that um, the mitzvah is, was given because Hashem has Rachmanis on the bird. Um, in other words, if we're like doing something for Hashem or something, there's this whole uh, back and forth about... Um, Particular, we see it in the Rambam and the, and the Ramban, a whole uh, lengthy discussion of what does it mean to talk about doing for Hashem or doing for ourselves, or is Hashem doing for us? And it, it comes out, the way they discuss it, that we can't do anything for Hashem. I mean, Hashem is complete in Himself. He doesn't need us for anything um, he doesn't uh, benefit from our performance in the mitzvahs. He created the world for our benefit. So if there's anything we can say about, and, and also the, the mitzvahs themselves 
are not, um, or at least we can't figure out uh, what midas they represent. Um, there, you can't say that this is uh, an, uh, an example of Hashem's mercy. All of the mitzvahs are an aspect of din, where they're a matter, matter of justice, they're a matter of some kind of you know higher um, considerations that only Hashem has and only Hashem knows. So that discourages trying to identify any any explanation for mitzvahs at all. On the other hand, um, the Rambam holds that uh, mitzvahs can be an, uh, identified or analyzed in terms of what they're doing for man. In other words, um, as opposed to doing something for Hashem through the mitzvahs, they're talking about doing something for man in terms of purifying and um, uh, civilization. Uh, uh, affecting the character of mankind. We know that man in his uh, unrefined form is um, can be cruel at times. It's a bit of, of, of a zorious. It, it, uh, he can be wild. He can be cruel. He can be un, you know, undisciplined. Uh, we see this in children, for example. Children very often uh, torment animals. They can torment each other. They can, you know... Uh, the games they play, and you know, even family relationships. It's uh, children are not uh, born as innocent as we would like to think in terms of their relationship with others. And of course, you know, people growing up, if they don't uh, work out these these mitzvahs, work on these mitzvahs to to perfect them, they can also end up being extremely cruel, as unfortunately we see uh, in many many examples of. So, one of the things that's said here is that the Torah by by um, giving us the mitzvah of, of, of Shira Chaken. It's encouraging us, training us to be sensitive to the feelings of animals. In other words, if the the mother is going to be, uh, there's a, there's a feeling. There's a, animals have feelings, and um, just like as we see in the midst of oisoy that we don't uh, want to shecht the child in front of its mother. Um, that there's an idea of, um, or the or the parent in front of the child. Uh, you know, shecht a, a, a parent and child at the same day. So the idea is that there is a feeling between a parent and child. And uh, here, in terms of the mother, you want to get the mother out of the way if you're going to take the children. Otherwise, then the mother's going to be distressed. So it's it's not that the mitzvah itself represents the midah of rachmanis of of, of of mercy, but it does represent uh, uh, an effort to get man to be. Uh, as to, to not be cruel in its relationships with animals, not to take advantage of them, not to, uh, you know, if you have to take them for food or whatever, so at least do it in the kindest way possible. And we discussed that previously in, in terms of the Hilchus Shechita, that we also choose a method of shechting animals that is as uh, painless as possible. Somebody just told me that actually the, the kosher animal, the way that it's, uh, the way that it's created feels actually no pain in the course of um, of, of uh, koshering it, uh, slaughtering it in a kosher way, uh, as opposed to unkosher animals that are uh, laid out differently, and they would actually experience some pain, even apparently through a kosher slaughtering. But in any case, um, this is an issue, and especially as Jim was concerned, if you're going to go slaughtering animals, that could, that could bring out the... Um, 
the cruelty in a person, and Zoe made special efforts to make sure that we do it in, in the most humane way possible. So that might carry on to this mitzvah as well. Okay, so that's, that is on, on a more of a, again, a pshat level, like a, a simple meaning of what we can, how we can identify this mitzvah. But this particular mitzvah is also uh, referred to extensively in Kabbalah, and especially the Tikkun and Zoyer, which talks about it at length. And it comes up with a completely different interpretation of the whole thing uh, in terms of, of what we're supposed to, what it represents, uh, how we're supposed to interpret it. And that is um, focusing on the fact that really the mitzvah doesn't specifically say that the mother can't see you taking the children uh, because it's enough to just make sure that the mother is not actually touching the nest, but the mother doesn't have to be completely out of the way. In fact, uh, if the mother isn't really touching the nest or is only touching the nest from the side or whatever, but it's still in, in full sight of the children, you are allowed to, you're not required to send the mother away at all. You're allowed to... Uh, to, to um, uh, to, t- to, to take the children. And not only that, if it was simply a matter that you have to take the children, but you should do it in the most humane way possible, then it would be, just like we talked about shechting, that if that was really the, 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 uh, the full idea of shechting, then um, the best, th- best thing would be not to shecht at all. Clearly, you just wouldn't shecht an animal because you don't want to be cruel animals and there's some cruelty involved. So the same way here, you could say that uh, the best thing is not to take the, 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 the children from the, from the mother. Just, uh, you know, go on to a different nest or, you know, do it a different way. But here instead, there, is, there are positions that say that it's actually a mitzvah to take the children even if you don't need them or even if you're going to put them back later. It's still, it's a mitzvah to take the children. So that... Something else is going on here, totally. I mean, it's like, you know, that doesn't make any sense according to the, uh, the simple way of interpreting the mitzvah. <clears throat> so they propose a totally different uh, approach. And that is and it's an extremely, extremely um, significant uh, interpretation if you, you know, go deeper into it, uh, is that by taking the children away from the from the from the parent, sending away the parent, first of all, but not necessarily completely, so that the parent is aware, first of all, it's being sent away and therefore having to abandon his children, which he doesn't want to do. Uh, as we know that, you know, mother animals are very uh, protective of their children and, and, you know, don't want to leave them under any circumstances uh, to any kind of a dangerous situation. So if they see a human being approaching and, and possibly taking the animals, they're going to probably stick around and want to defend the, the, the children. But uh, by trying to send it away... Uh, when it's still in full view. So you are creating a situation where you're actually encouraging it to feel some tsar, to feel some, some uh, pain uh, in not knowing what's going to happen to the children. And the idea is that the, then the, the bird is going to ask for mercy from Hashem. It's going to turn to Hashem and ask Hashem to be merciful on her children. And also the idea of sending away the mother is similar to the idea of the Shrina going in Gullis. And the Shrina is very often compared to a bird, and we'll talk about that. But the idea that the bird is being sent away is, is as if you know, the Shrina is being sent away uh, from Hashem and leaving its nest 
which is its home, and being forced to leave the nest and not know, you know, what abandons children or not know what's, what's going to happen to its children. And that's going to call out to Hashem to have Rahmanas to have uh, mercy on its children. Okay, so what's going on here? First of all, it's, it's interesting that, as we said, the idea that Shekhinah is compared to a bird. Why, why is the mitzvah specifically a bird and not some other, other kind of animal? Um, because the bird sings. A bird is, is fairly unique among uh, creations, creatures that it, it, uh, it sings, it chirps. And this is kind of an idea of calling out to Hashem, just like we, saw it, we sing to Hashem, we, we, we give our tefillahs to Hashem, we're, we're, we're communicating with Hashem and calling out to Hashem. That's something that that's, that's, uh, a bird is shaykh to, the bird has some connection with that, that concept of singing. So, um, so, that's, so just that the Shekhinah sings to Hashem and calls out to Hashem, and we in our tefillahs call out to Hashem, um, so the bird does the same thing. Okay, so that's one aspect of it. The other aspect of it is we are um, we are faced with many unpleasant, you know, difficult, uh, stressful situations in our lives, and we are exposed to a lot of stories uh, or even witnessing events involving other people that can be very um, distressing, uh, to say the least. So, even things that are so so, you know, one would think that so Hashem brings us our own difficult times, and um, and we are uh, hopefully uh, respond to those things by uh, asking Hashem to to, you know, to save us and by doing tshuva and becoming better people as a result of things that happen to us directly. But why is it important, and it happens because this happens so often, why is it important that we be exposed to other people's stress? You think, you know, leave us alone, we have enough to deal with on our own, we shouldn't have to be exposed to other people's problems. But there must be something behind that, that, that Hashem has built that into creation, that we're, we're not so isolated in our own situations, we, we're very often in the course of our lives, exposed to other people's stress as well as our own. So one thing is, of course, just the idea of empathy, that we, you know, if we feel actus, if we feel a connection with other people, we're going to participate, uh, just as we participate in their, in their simchas, we can we participate in their troubles, uh, and we give them chizik, and we try to, uh, to support them. But there could be even situations of strangers, you know, you just hear a news story, or you find out about something that happened to somebody you're not connected with, particularly, so it's not shy that you're going to give them chizik, you're not going to support them. Um, so what is behind that? So when we're presented with difficult situations by other people, we, we have a choice to respond in several different ways. One way is, because it's painful for us to, to hear other people's stories. You know, like I say, it could be overwhelming. I mean, if we're, we're, we have our own problems, why, why are we exposed to the problems of others? So when a person is uh, exposed to other people's pain, they can respond in, 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 let's say, basically three different ways. One way is to simply ignore it, you know, like look the other way and not, not want to be confronted with that. Another way is to um, hear it, you know, to be exposed to it, but to be kind of hardened to it. It was not to take it to heart. 
um, not to really use our full powers of empathy or you know think well how would I respond if I was in that situation, but rather to just become cold you know and and uh, insensitive because it's hard for us to be sensitive to everybody's problems. I mean, you know, you talk about people who have uh, jobs that require uh, constant uh, exposure to people's problems. Um, and how do we respond to that? It could, you know, the most natural thing is to harden ourselves to that, to that experience. But there's another way of, um, of responding to other people's problems. And it's something that I have just recently become more aware of, perhaps, because of where I'm, what I'm doing myself. I'm, I recently switched to a coilo, um, which is the coil of the Rashbi. Uh, it's called the Or Harashbi in Meron. And the Or Harashbi uh, institutions are set up um, in a rather unique way um, to be a place which is specifically uh, designed for to, 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 to you know to have a, be a learning center, but also to be a place where people can come to ask for blessings from. Rashbi, you know, Rashbi himself was pretty pretty well known for that. So it's a way to give in names and even specify specific uh, uh, blessings that you want for individuals. So the people who donate, you know, their their supporters uh, get to uh, specifically name people that they want a bracha for and what that bracha is for. Um, and we have in this uh, in the room. You know where we're learning. It's a full-time coil. There's actually three different coil there that, that I know of. Um, you have a, a monitor with the names of the people displayed. So it's like you know these names are always being. You're aware that you you know the schis of what we're learning, what we're dominating is, is is going for these people. Okay, so um, there are specific people that they meet with. People who come in. And besides writing it in, of course, I mean, they're just talking on the phone, but there are a lot of people that actually come into the place and they sit down with certain people. There's a guy that, that writes uh, a word in the Sefer Torah and they give over what it is that they're asking for. Who, who they are. And this, this ends up being, you know, kind of an emotional thing because they're giving over uh, their tsuras, you know, their problems. Even most, of this, you know, most of these brokers are going for people with problems. You know, I want to make a bracha for someone. Someone so should, should become from, or so you know, do tshuva, or or you know, illnesses and uh, difficulties in pranasa, and you know, all these kinds of things. This is what people ask for for brachas for. So, um, it's that's a, to hear this kind of thing on a you know, a whole day is can be very depressing for the person who's in that position to hear them out. Uh, and of course, you know, we talk about. People that go to rebbe's uh, for brachas and things. Also, very often the rebbe is sitting and hearing people's, you know, problems the whole day, and it's, it's a very difficult job. So, how do they get through that? How do they deal with that? How do they not get depressed? How do they? So, so the answer is really quite simple: is that they're not stop listening to people's problems. They are responding by giving them a brocha and asking Hashem to have brachmanas on them. They are responding with with a um, an action that's that is they that they believe and the people that are that are uh, you know giving them the money to do this believe that this is really going to have an effect that this is going to awaken 
a, a, a response from Hashem himself that he's going to have Rachmanus on them and the schus of the Rashbi and everything else and, and their support for the Torah learning and all this stuff. But it's, it's a specific request for Rachmanus, for compassion. And when you really think about it, this is the role of Yidin in the world, of Jews in the world, because of our own suffering and the fact that we've gone through so much. We have a capacity to to um, respond to problems and suffering and, 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 and pain in a way that it is, acts as kind of a, you can call it an intermediary, at least a, a, uh, an additional voice uh, attempting to elicit uh, that midah from Hashem of compassion or to, to, uh, to be the catalyst to cause that, that, that meter to, uh, to help somebody. So if you're actually helping somebody, then you're not just simply absorbing their problem or trying to put that in, in, you know, together with your own problems or whatever and just you know, be, be wallowing in, 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 in pain and suffering. You're actually trying to create the solution. You're supposed to, you're, 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 you believe in the possibility of a shemtaka having rachmanis and, and turning the thing over and being optimistic that actually there will be a solution for that problem. So this is a much, much different way of responding to a person's pain. And when we come now to the Heilig Ketek, the Yom Toivim, the Yom Kippur, and we're asking the whole time for Hashem's mercy, because why are we asking for mercy? Because it's a time of din. It's a time of all kinds of, of um, uh, complaints and accusations coming on high that are trying to uh, bring out the worst in our behavior and showing how, you know, all the things we've done wrong, all the negative side. And we are uh, trying to, to um, elicit a reaction from Hashem, which is called lifni mishiras ad-din. Instead of just judging us strictly according to din, which, um, under which, uh, I mean, to, when we really judge strictly, we're told that we would never survive with that. We have to turn it around. We have to ask for clemency, for mercy, for, for uh, not to be judged so strictly. And um, this means that, you know, the whole time in Elul, the concept of slichas in Elul, and, you know, of course it's, it's supposed to get us to do tshuva, but, you know, doing tshuva is not so posh. First of all, it's not easy to do tshuva for something especially that, you know, is ingrained in a person's behavior uh, or a meter that they want to correct. It's not so easy to pull it off. Second of all, is there are some things that we don't even know that we did. So, uh, it's hard to know even what to ask for forgiveness for. If you're, you know, conscientious, you're trying to do the right thing, and it might be you've done something really, really bad without even knowing that you did it. So, for all those kinds of things, we have to ask for, for clemency, for mercy, for for compassion. It's the only way out. So, if we're doing this, one of the best ways of doing it is to ask for compassion for somebody else. Once again, because this is not stam thinking about pain and suffering. We are doing something. This is a proactive uh, form of action that we're taking in order to cause uh, a reaction, a change to take place, both in ourselves and in the way that Hashem is responding to it. So we are um, we're doing something. And, and when, we, when we change our orientation from simply suffering in silence or you know, stuffing it down, which is actually another another reaction we can have is just stuffing it down and letting it you know 
build up until I mean, there's all these stories about uh, people that that uh, were in mourning or whatever they may have lost a loved one or something, and they just kind of held it in and didn't let it out. And then when they you know they got very sick, and then after a period of time they finally let down and they just you know cried and they got it all out, and then they were able to recover because they they got it out. So obviously you know the the response of stuffing it down is is not not a solution either. And, and the pr- trouble is that people complain or people you know let out their emotions and then it's it's interpreted as for themselves and others as, as a sign of weakness. The person wants to be come out come over as being strong. But when we realize that the real purpose of this kind of suffering is to elicit a reaction from us which is calling out to Hashem and asking for Rahmanis not just on us but on others as well, on Klalisrol as a whole, on the world as a whole, then we become the uh, the Melitz Yosher. We become we become the 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 the, the uh, emissaries of of that to get that reaction as is in its kind of a national um, role that we play as as Jews to be able to get that kind of reaction from Hashem. So I think there's a very uh, significant uh, alternative in the way we we react to suffering as a whole and the way we react to other people's suffering and our own suffering, and this is really what Hashem wants from us. If you would like to contribute to the organization that produces these podcasts and see what else we're doing, access some of our other uh, materials, you can find that at nakuda.org. That's N-E-K-U-D-A-H. That is nakuda.org. And... um, You can also have the option to email us and contribute to dedicate the podcast in memory or in honor of any occasion or in memory of some loved one or whatever. Uh, And we'd be very happy to get that support. Thank you so much.